welcome to Your Property Podcast. My name is Michelle Cairns, your host for today. And today is the 31st of March 2020. And it is obviously important to mention the date because things are changing by the hour, if not by the day at the moment with everything going on with the COVID-19. So today we are very, very lucky to have Shireen Alahi on with us. Hi, Shireen. Hi. So uh, we've invited Shireen along because, you know, she is a property investor, but also a teacher. And she is now at home with the children and family. And we thought that today's podcast would be a little bit different in that we're talking about managing schedules and managing your time at home. Obviously, there's lots of things going on. There's lots of things in the mix. And we just thought that uh, a lot of people who listen to this podcast will be in the same position. So just a sort of disclaimer, you know, we're not kind of going to be saying this is how to be doing things at home. It's just more of an open discussion. And we're talking about things that are, you know, struggles and challenges that people have are happening at the moment so Shireen can you just give us a brief introduction about yourself who you are and uh, obviously a long-time friend of YPN as well so welcome thank you very much um, so I'm a primary school teacher I have been teaching um, for nearly 13 years now um, throughout my career I've taught children from reception to year two I've led key stage one um, I was a deputy head teacher and I had my children and spent more time with my own children and less time at school, um, which led me into property. Um, my husband is a fairly well-known property investor. He's um, a writer for YPN and does various other projects. So it was just a natural progression into property for myself. Um, and then this year, I have spent more time dedicated to building our portfolio and developing that side of our lives. Um, and then here comes COVID-19. So it's now become more of a challenge um, as soon as um, this thing came about, about we needing to homeschool or work more from home. Um, my husband was sort of rubbing his hands and he thought, I'm sorted, I don't, I don't have to worry about it. She's a teacher and she's going to manage it and it's going to be perfect and I can carry on. And that wasn't the case. <laughs> So um, I think today is just about sharing um, some of my experiences having done it um, and somebody who's sort of experienced in teaching and sort of saying it's not easy at all um, and just sharing some of what I've learned as well. Absolutely. Well, um, for people who don't know my background, before I got into property, I was a secondary school teacher. So Jane, the editor, asked me, Michelle, can you, can you interview Shireen? You'll be able to like, um, you know, talk about teaching and things. And I thought, well, absolutely, but I don't have any children. <laughs> so um, I have been sort of frantically going around and speaking to my friends and asking them for some uh, feedback and think, and they were all very keen to share, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I have a long list of, uh, of questions and things we can talk about. So um, yeah, let's let's start with I think the most popular thing that came up when I was speaking to my friends and family was the schedule so did you when you know when we realized that the children were going to be you know at home school's going to be closed for the foreseeable future what kind of went through your head in terms of right okay do I need a plan of action or was it just because everything was going on did it take you a while to 
to kind of realise what was coming? Um, I think because there'd been lots of talk about homeschooling for a little while, um, I had it in my mind of what I would do. When it came to it, I drafted it and lots of um, the mum's WhatsApp groups from school were sort of saying, what do we do and how do we manage this? And I very quickly drew up a schedule of my week um, based on what I would do in my classroom. So nine o'clock, we would do maths. And then at 9.45, we'd stop 15 minutes. We would do handwriting and we'd do phonics. And we'd... So I had a fairly regimented um, routine for the day. I shared it with friends. I said, you know, people that are panicking, this is roughly what you would do in a day in a classroom. I relaxed it somewhat. So my mornings were quite routine. Um, I had maths in there, I had English in there, I had a bit of handwriting, I had a little bit of phonics. And my afternoons, well, I'd have science all afternoon where we would do investigation or we'd go out for a walk and everything would sort of lead off from that. One afternoon would be ICT, meaning I get to play on the laptop. Um, another one was art, arts and crafts, etc. And what I thought was, I'm just going to give them this and I'm just going to carry on teaching and it's going to be great. Big mistake, big, big mistake. <laughs> because by day three, I was thinking, I'm a teacher, I should be able to do this. Why can I not do this? Why does my child not know how to add two numbers? She's six, how can she not add numbers? And then what I re realised was, this is really alien for her. She thinks it's a great sort of fun game that we get to wear our uniform. I did insist they wear their uniform because I felt like it needed to feel most, the most like school. So they wore their, their uniform in the morning and they sat in our, um, on our dining table and they were doing their workbooks and they were doing things. And it was just, it was really difficult. It was really, really difficult purely because I expected the standard that I would expect in my classroom at home. And it's impossible, genuinely impossible. It is not possible to homeschool them when you haven't made that choice willingly. Homeschooling is a choice. So what you're actually doing is distance learning. You know, you are there just to be able to give them activities to keep them ticking over in terms of their learning. If you are teaching them anything new, it's going to be things that you're interested in or just new general knowledge. You now don't have the chance to go and learn a national curriculum syllabus. You're not going to be able to go and learn how to teach um, synthetic phonics or the difference between mental maths and arithmetic and geometry and all of those things for your six-year-old and then to learn the earliest curriculum for your five-year-old or your four-year-old. It's genuinely difficult. In fact, it's impossible. Your job is to focus on your work and give your children activities where they can learn and where they have the opportunity to keep themselves busy so you're not having to, you know, the guy who would, um, he was really famous a couple of years ago when his kids came running yeah. into <laughs> We all remember him. We We're did. him now. Yeah. <laughs> That's us. <laughs> so you, to stop that happening, you just need activities to keep children busy. Now, whether you do this through different types of routine, whether you do this from quite a focused routine where everybody sits at the same time and you set your routines and your breaks and your lunch times, or whether you have more of a fluid routine between you and your partner, um, if there's somebody else at home, whether you know you do focused work for a little while while your partner has them, vice versa. Um, you know, there are different routine types. So genuinely it is what works for you and your work schedule. If you if you need to take calls constantly, you might prefer um a routine where you do get blocks of time. Um if your work is more fluid, you might be able to choose options where you can work around your children's snack times, activities, and um, 
things like that. If you can block your time, you might choose a different opportunity um, for work and the way that that works. But I'll, I'll go into some sort of set routines um, a little bit later on. But yeah, I made the mistake of going and trying to replicate school. It's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen at home. Even really appreciate you sharing that because I mean it's a sigh of relief on behalf of uh, everyone <laughs> that I've spoken to and I think as um, you know as a teacher of I, I taught French and Spanish for you know 11 to 18 year olds so all of those things that you're talking about there phonics and maths you know they're just beyond me so if, if I did have children I'd be thinking how I don't even you know wouldn't even know where to start in terms of teaching it so I think that's a really important distinction in that actually teaching a child something new versus guiding them through the work that might have been provided or giving them an opportunity to just be engaged in new you know in activities and perhaps even revising work that they've done throughout the year perhaps or absolutely consolidation is far far better than struggling with a new concept and you trying to teach them the way you learned and then you know you you're whatsapping your friends going does your child know how to do this and I don't know how to do this and you know and then it turns up into a screaming match and then you find yourself saying you should know how to do this <laughs> when you say those words to yourself just stop right there because you nobody's getting anywhere you're going to damage their self-esteem they're going to hate maths forever and it's never going to work so do what you can okay great um okay come on then uh, let's let's continue i want you to kind of flow with the thoughts that you've you know you know you prepared for this so what next then so right um for me failing at the whole let's keep a very regimented school routine i thought right what is going to work so um i realized a few things children thrive on routine you know, that's why schools work for them, because they put their uniform on in the morning and they feel like they're going to school. They feel like they know their routine at school. Um, and in school, your routine generally doesn't age. Every teacher will have their timetable up on the board. And from their very young, they will introduce a whole day to the children. Do that at home. So you might set up a weekly or a morning meeting or a briefing for your children in your family. You will say, today we are going to do this and we're going to do this, etc., etc. We'll have lunch at this time and um, later on we'll be able to do this and this evening we'll have this for dinner or etc and then that's how we'll finish the day during that time it's always really good to share your expectation in terms of i've got this many calls to make today so i'm going to need a bit of quiet between this time and this time while i'm doing that you'll be able to work on your computer you'll be able to have a movie you'll be able to do your activities there and your coloring etc share your expectations with your partner um, when you're all on board it will work a lot easier so that's really important. Um, and part of that is sharing that workload so you don't feel like I'm expected to cook and to clean and to, and it can be either one of you, but just making sure that there is more of a, a division in everything that is happening um, and it's more of a team effort. One of the other th things that I found really helpful is dedicating a workspace. Now, we started off the week on the dining table in the, in the kitchen um, and it worked really well for a couple of days until mealtimes came around and then we'd have to pack everything away or it would have to go to one side and we'd eat our meal, then it would all come back out. And there was never a, it was never a clean cut of now we're working, now we're not. Mm -hmm. um, and you, I just felt surrounded by it all the time. So we had some, we had a pasting table in the garage that we got out and some emergency chairs, you know, the ones that you get out at Christmas that you never <laughs> touch any of them. Got the emergency chairs out, got the pasting table out, and that became 
our workstation. So the children have that now in a different room and they know that when we're there, we're doing activities where we're learning at home. Uh, another thing that's really important is communicate with your employer. Let them know I've got two young children, have many children at home. Things are going to be a little bit difficult, difficult for me in terms of sticking to my normal routine. So you're going to have to be flexible with me. You know, I'll, I will be working in the evenings or I'll be working early morning. If you send me an email, if it's urgent, I, you know, I'll do my best to reply, etc. But things are going to be, you know, we're going to need to work a little bit more creatively now. Um, the other things that make life a little bit easier are set your chores and rewards. Um, previously, you've probably been able to have a little bit of time away from the children when they're tired at the end of the day and you can get on with getting your cooking done, getting bits done around the house, etc. You have to be a little bit more on the ball with that now. So in terms of you might want to set up your recording, uh, recording your um, meal plans for the week and make sure that you know what everyone's eating at lunch and at dinner so you're not scrambling around just before because that delays meal times, etc. So make sure you, um, and that's also good for getting through all your leftovers in the fridge and making sure you're not wasting food, etc. Set up a reward chart so children are helping with loading and loading the dishwasher, they're putting their own clothes away, they're making their own beds, etc. So it can just be a very simple token thing. I've um, given my children four activities that they have to do over the week and it's very simple, straightforward things. One has to set the table, the other has to tidy the table away. Um, they, one has the dishwasher duty, the other one has to clean the shoe cupboard. So they just have to keep on top of it and I've got Monday to Sunday on there and I just tick off when they've done it. And if they collect 30 ticks by the end of the week, they get the reward. The other thing that I find a lot of mums saying is, how do I manage snack times? they're always hungry how do I do that <laughs> uh, I've seen some brilliant activities where parents have set up a little tuck shop and they've created all the snacks and they've put little prices on them and given them sort of 20 pence for the day and you know their snacks cost five pence and once you get through your money that's it you're gone um, or the other thing that you can opt uh, is just put your snacks in a place that's accessible and just have enough for that day so you're not eating overeating at snack time and then they don't want their lunch, uh, their lunch or their dinner um, so you manage your snack times, make that easy. And I think just one of the probably the best bit of advice I can give is um, take it easy on yourself. The fact that you're here and you're listening to this podcast shows you you're the kind of person that wants the absolute best for your children. So you're probably doing an absolutely brilliant job. You know, it's about survival in a tough time. It's not about you know, homeschooling or trying to turn your life into homeschooling as well as working full time. So, you know, take it easy, take everything with a pinch of salt, relax on the screen time. They're allowed it more now than ever. That's going to be a saving grace. Um, yeah, I think that's really important. I, I just want to pick up on that as well. Um, I was speaking to my sister about this. It's about, I was saying, just experiment. If you, you know, don't have it as like it should be this way, try and think of it as, Every day, this is kind of experimenting, it's tweaking, it's adjusting, it's just trying to feel, you know, what works, what doesn't work, and then adjusting for the next day as well. So, yeah, trying to, you know, you've got enough things going on without trying to put the pressure on yourself. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the kids are going to be fine. It's just mm -hmm. a new, adjusting to a new way of of being and um, and getting through this sort of transition period as well. Of course, yeah. So, um, okay. What about keeping the students? I was going to say students. <laughs> keeping the children. <laughs> keeping the children. In, I have to edit the video. Keeping the children engaged. 
so right. you know as a teacher we're very used to okay right now everybody let's you know and it's all very clear and chunks of work and chunks of activities um just remind me how old are your children mine are five and six right okay so, so five six, a bit more sort of needing um you know that kind of one-to-one obviously there's two there how do you manage giving them both time equal you know enough time as well as keeping them engaged in the work so why the way I got around that was um I would looking at my routine when I was working with the children and they were there with me um and I needed to you know support one child in something or if I was trying to sort of just show her something quickly so then she's able to um lead her own learning the other child I would give her a reading book on the iPad so she was doing that quietly while I could just explain something to my other child and then I could leave her to get on with it. Then with the other one, I'd say, right, now you've done that. Can you draw me a picture of, etc.? Or now can you um, go through and find all the new words that you know and make a list? So it's just, you've probably got so many ideas already in your mind that you can link to lots of learning. It's just about sort of being a little bit more creative with like, how can I keep them busy for a little bit longer? Um, depending on what your school sent as well, I know lots of schools have sent home workbooks or sheets and activities or it's lots of um, online lessons where you have to watch and you have to learn. If they have sent things and it's workbooks or sheets, you can let them get on with that quietly when you need quiet time. If there are times when you're happy, you know, you don't need to focus on your work as much and you can do activities with them, creative things are always a really good idea. Um, I found one of my favourite things to do was we'd um I bought a pack of bulbs or I had some seeds and we went for a spring walk for signs of spring so on our daily walk we went out and we looked for what are the signs of spring and we looked for buds and blossom and we looked for like you can hear birds cheeping and then I'd taken my daughter out and she had a clipboard and she just made a list of all the things that she had seen that were the signs of spring when we came back we planted our bulbs and we talked about the different parts of the plant and looking at well, why do you think they'll thrive better in the ground and you know looking at different conditions of growing and we put we planted those and that was a really good idea then later on when we were cooking dinner we were opening peppers and things like that and I was showing them the seeds so there are lots of links all throughout your day and you'll find that so you might set an activity where you say um, we're going to write a letter to grandma today and you might talk about oh well actually there was um you know there was a book we know a story about when we're going to see grandma, we can't see our grandma at the moment. What's the story? And we talk about Little Red Riding Hood. And then they, an offset could be that they write their own letter to grandma. And then you go, right, I want you to write the story again. But this time I want you to change your characters around. Um, so instead of a Little Red Riding Hood going to see her grandma, maybe it was the wolf going to see his grandma and he comes across Little Red Riding Hood. So just looking at the things that you already know and using those to the best of your ability, instead of having to sort of think, oh, how do I teach them something new? Um, but in terms of activities that I give my children, often when I've got two, one will, in the afternoons we tend to do more creative things that don't need me as much. So I give them glue sticks and scissors and paper and wrapping paper to cut. Um, any cut catalogues you've got, ask them to make their Christmas list now. I'm, I know it's far too early. <laughs> um, it keeps them busy for hours. Uh, so lots of cutting and sticking is always good. Um, if I do need time away from them, um, I tend to let them watch a movie, but then I'll give them tasks to do at the end of the film. So I'll say, right, once you've watched your film, I want you to write a postcard to Aladdin. Um, I want you to draw me a picture of 
one of the scenes that you liked or the most or your favorite part of the film uh, and explain it to me or fold a piece of paper in um, half and then fold it into thirds make a pop-up book and make a little zigzag book and you want them to make the story of the movie or the, the thing that they watched write a letter is always a good one to a character um, so lots of those little sort of things that they could do. If your child likes maths, there's lots of different maths activity you can do. You can just get the pasta out and counting twos, counting fives, counting tens. Do your times tables with maths. So, you know, if you've got seven pieces, what's seven times four? If you've got nine pieces, what's nine times five? So there's lots of little things that you can do that you'll probably find around the house. Um, you know, if your child's a little bit older, you could get the cupboard, uh, get the tins out and put some labels on them um, and get them to make word problems. Um, that involve division, that involve addition. Um, so you'll probably find lots of activities that you can do in and around your house already. Um, Colouring, I've got little girls who like to colour, but if you've got boys, get them to make their own little garage where you get shoeboxes out and they have to create their own garage with number recognition and they're matching up their cars. Um, same with Lego, you can do lots of activities where with multiplication, with Lego pieces, so if your red piece is worth two and you've got seven, how many have you got all together? And things like that, you can just kind of nip into activities. Um, and it's just that passive learning, which is probably what you're looking for, as opposed to sitting there and teaching them mm. you know, a grid method of multiplication. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it's a good point. I think, and, and trying to think of activities that are more open-ended as well, like project-based yeah. I think that was always, you know, when at school the uh, the computer systems went down or something happened and unexpectedly you had the students for a couple of hours. Um, it was always kind of right. Okay, let's have an open-ended project um, that they can that they can just use their creativity. And I think one thing I want to come back to is um, being independent as well and having that time for their own creativity and playing on their own what would you say to parents who they're not sure about how much time to you know where where the boundary between work and that you know it's okay if they're bored like mm, yeah, I think that's it's it. okay if they're like just sitting on on their own and fiddling and doing their own little thing how do you so I, I guess I'm asking three things there it's like work independent learning or independent play and then rest so where were those boundaries for you or is it just see how the day goes <laughs> being an early years teacher um the model that's used very much in early years curriculum and probably using a lot of europe until up until children are seven or eight is you have sometimes where it's adult-led focused activities where you're actually sort of teaching them something or showing them something new or you're leading the learning. Then they have independent time where they will go off and they'll do something by themselves linked to what you've been talking about. And as well as that, then they will have child-led learning where they follow their own passion and their own interest. If you use that model at home, you'll probably find that you'll get more creativity and they'll follow their own interests a little bit more. And it's not constantly you needing to tell them because you'll very quickly fall into the trap of, I'm only going to do it because my mummy's told me to do it. And you will be constantly called, oh, mummy, I've finished now. I've done this now. What do I do next? What do I do now? So I think, think about what am I going to do with them? and give yourself about 15, 20 minutes where you might lead something or show them something, then give them time to go off and do it, then give them time to have independent, they're just gonna play, they're just gonna, if they go into the garden and they just ride around and things like that. In terms of your school day, you assume that children are at school from sort of half past eight till three, they must be learning all that time. 
actually no in terms of maths and english in a day you aim for about 45 minutes to an hour of maths that's all because once you've got your pencils out and you've got everything out and you've got your equipment out and you've had your mental maths warm-up and you've had your oral and mental and you've had your plenary you've only probably only got about 45 minutes so if you spread that 45 minutes out throughout the day it's not as intense and the same with english if you instead of having an hour of sitting there and writing constantly they might write throughout the day and the same with reading some children don't necessarily enjoy reading if you share a book at bedtime that's that counts as your reading time if you're sitting and you're you know you're flicking through a magazine together that counts as time and you know whether you're doing activities so it doesn't have to be sitting all morning and writing for three hours and spending all afternoon doing blocks of maths it can just be drip fed throughout the day um so you know aim for about 45 minutes to an hour over the, over a day for maths and english and reading i think reading is probably one of the most important because there are so many links that you'll make and leads to lots of interesting conversations and topics and things like that um so don't beat yourself up over my child's going to go back to school and they're not going to know anything i know another mum i'd spoken to who's not a teacher and she was panicking. She said, well, I'm going to send my little girl back to school and she's going to be far behind everybody else and she's not going to know anything because I don't know how to do this. And I said, well, schools are going to have a plan. When children come back, there are going to be huge interventions to make sure that they are at the standard where they should be. So schools are going to be well prepared in that time to make sure those standards are raised, that no child is left behind. So you really don't need to worry about that. Um, and the other, one of the other things that one of the mums had said to me was workload-wise, her child had been sent reams and reams of workbooks and papers and just inundated with work. And she said, how do I get through it all? And my answer was, well, you don't. You know, this is teacher panic. They don't want to feel <laughs> like they haven't sent enough. So they will send you hordes of stuff, hoping you cover a little bit. That's <laughs> all they're hoping for. Because if I was setting work for my class, I would want to make sure that I've covered all abilities, that everybody's got enough to do. I would think about my fastest learner and my slowest learner. But I can't possibly cater for all of that online. So I would just send you lots of stuff and just hope that you do some of it. So it's just pick, feel... yeah, picking out what, you know, what um, I guess the parent can, can cope with, what yeah. looks like easy to kind of do, you know, work with the children mm-hmm. and pick out what you can really. Of course, yes. Definitely. Okay. Um, so what about, um, <laughs> so going back to what you mentioned at the beginning about um, setting up a plan, when is, now we've got two scenarios really here for, you know, either the parent is at home with the other parent and they're together as a team, if you like. And then obviously if it's single parents, is different or perhaps one of the parents is still out of work and not not present at home so first of all I, I guess you obviously you're at home with um with your husband so how do you manage that team um <laughs> structure if you like so looking at this and, and speaking to people that are both working full-time at home and looking at their routine I've come up with three different options um and these are based on different ways of working and it very much depends on how you work and your role at work so routine one would be if you get up early and you do seven till nine focused work and during that time your partner or your children just have free time 
Um, so you're then you have an opportunity to set up your day, set up your meetings. If you need to send urgent, important emails, if you need to speak to people, you can schedule that time and just say, is it possible to have a breakfast call? So seven to nine, if you do focused work, then from nine till 11, that's when you work alongside your children. Um, and it's a little bit more work. And at that time, if you can set your activities where they might need to interrupt you and it's fine to be interrupted at that time. You all sit around a table and, you know, you're working at the same time as them. Um, so you could do that nine till 11 and then 11 till 12. This is where you have your downtime. So you can go back to picking up on your focused work. You might put the movie on for them, you know, 11 till 12. They just get a little bit of time. They might go and play in another room. They might self-initiate their own activities. Then 12 till one, you have your lunch and in the afternoon, if the if um, sorry if I mentioned between nine and eleven while you're working with your children, if there is somebody at home, that can be their time to get their focused work done and their quiet work away from you. Then in the afternoon, you can just roll again and you can do sort of one till three. You get your quiet work done, and three till five, you switch it over. And if somebody else is at home, they can get their quiet work done and have emails and answers. Um, routine number two. This works if there is somebody else at home um, and it means that you work for longer periods of time and um, you may need to speak to other people in your work group for this. But if you work from seven to one uninterrupted, your children are taken care of by your partner or if they're older, they don't interrupt you. And then in the afternoons, uh, if, you, if your partner is there, they work from one till seven and you have the children. It does mean that you might just need to do a couple of hours in front of you know, the TV at night and just catch up on a couple of things if you are expected to work sort of eight hours. Um, but that's another way of doing it where the benefit of that is you actually get a block of time with your children as opposed to it being bitty and you feel like oh, I'm not getting quality time with them. If you are lucky enough to be able to squash your time into blocks of time, this works really well because you can have a whole morning or a whole afternoon with your children. Um, routine number three, is a little bit different. Um, research shows that children that continue to read and work over a continuous time, as in the six weeks holidays, do better and they don't have that dip in September. Because when your children leave um, their classroom in July, they do really well, you get your end of year report. As a teacher, you leave, you, you, know, you score all your children, you put all your data in, you pass your data on to the next teacher. Your teacher gets your class in September and she goes, I don't know how to do this. That data was far too high. And as a teacher yourself, you'll probably experience that when you've had classes come up and you've gone, they're nowhere near this. And it's that, it's that summer holiday dip. Um, so research shows that if you continue to work over that summer holiday, and if you continue to provide opportunities for them to read or to write, not as, as hard as such, but if they've still got those opportunities, things are fresh. So my last option would be, if you are able to, and you're able to do three days of work and do three days of work, say, with your children there and they don't need as much effort. If you're able to focus for three days on work, the two days, so a Thursday and a Friday, or whether you do a Monday and a Tuesday, if your children can set, they can just take their time away from doing distance learning. And you do it all of, um, from now till September, as opposed to stopping in July and having a summer holiday. So work for three days and then take two days off but keep it going. So don't have an Easter break and don't have a summer holiday. Right. Just... Oh, okay. Gosh. <laughs> I, and I suppose the other thing is that there doesn't seem to be a weekend anymore because no. we, we don't know. So it's not really a five day week, is it? It's, 
it's a seven day for some people so uh, i guess yeah it's um, three days on three days off or um wow i think it's it's just so new for everybody and i think we're still in this getting used to the transition period and what i like about what you've just said there is here are some different options try one try one Mm. for a week or two weeks and if it doesn't work try another one yeah okay so what about what about the children then so personally you know how have you noticed changes in their behavior and how are they coping with what is going on and understanding that you know they can't go out and see grandma or that they're not going to school and seeing their friends just just out of curiosity really how's that impacting them um my daughters are completely different i've got my uh, older one who um is very resilient and things don't seem to bother her nothing bothers her she's not emotional you know she doesn't nothing seems to upset her or niggle her on the surface uh, and then my other children my other daughter she is she's <laughs> she's an emotional wreck most of the time <laughs> you can just look at her wrong she was the child that if you just looked at her wrong she'd be in tears oh. and she still is that child and um, so they have very different personalities and when all of this first happened I sat them down and said oh we're going to have um, a family meeting and um, my younger one she looked really worried and oh what are you going to say to us and my older one her first question was at a family meeting are we going to have snacks can we like nibble on things <laughs> while we while we talk <laughs> um so I had a family meeting and I said this you know these next few weeks are going to be very difficult they're going to be different so instead of going to school we are still going to put our uniforms on we're still going to do learning from home I still expect you to show the same respect that you would to your teacher at home um so things are going to look a little bit different but I need you on board. I need you to help with jobs around the house. I can't do it all. Daddy and I can't do it all. So we are going to need you to help. We're going to need you to make your beds in the morning and keep your bedrooms tidy. And we're going to need more of you. We are going to need also time away from you. So there are going to be times where we just need quiet time. And if we say, I just need a bit of time away from you, you have to respect that. So I set the boundaries at the start. Um, in terms of the way that they're behaving, I've seen more tears from my younger one. But on the surface, she seems fine. But I am noticing that she's a little bit more sensitive. Um, She hasn't said that she's missing school as such because it would be their Easter holidays this week anyway. And we're keeping sort of quite busy. Um, But in my older daughter, who doesn't seem to be as bothered, she'll often role play little things like, I'm just going out with my friends now. And she'll talk about that. (laughs) um and she'll you know they're doing lots of role play where they are playing things and they're pretending that they're with friends um if anybody doesn't know yet house party is a brilliant app for having multiple people on there if you're part of a a group on whatsapp with other school mums um arrange to have a group chat on there that's always a great opportunity you know if you set it at six o'clock and your children have got something to look forward to or if you organize say oh at six o'clock we'll get all the kids on and we'll just have a bit of a party so they feel like they've all got together or you know you might arrange something on the whatsapp group when you say should we all do you haven't done an easter bonnet parade let's all have a go this week and you know set a theme it's got to be recycled stuff um you're gonna have loads of boxes and bottles and stuff at the moment and then set a time where you all send in your pictures to the whatsapp group (laughs) um 
and do it with family as well you know make sure that you have your family calls we my girls are um we've got a sister that lives abroad mum and dad don't live too far but obviously we're not seeing anybody at the moment so we're doing lots of video calls and they're, they're really excited by that I really enjoyed that the other thing that I'm doing with some of the school mums is we're running um uh, letter writing so we've just we've paired up with one other person to do sort of pen pals and so they write a letter or they draw a picture and we go to the we go and drop it off and we go and post Old it old school <laughs> yes <laughs> really. um, and that's been that's been a huge novelty or being able to send emails as well they've enjoyed that so we've kind of made it work um, they haven't I, I know some children especially if they're older probably really worry and miss seeing friends mm. and being able to do that but there's been so many lovely opportunities to do something different lots of these rainbow walks I don't know if you've yeah. seen much of the rainbow walks just walking around your neighborhood spotting the rainbows and teddy bear walks as well uh, when you go and you go going on a bear hunt and you go and look for teddies in windows that's always a really good one as well um, but just exploring local area we've been out and about but with all the things that they haven't been able to do, there's been so many things we have been able to do. Yeah. Uh, we've spent more time exploring what's in and around our local area. Um, they've learned to ride bikes over the last week. So that's something that was on our to-do list forever. We'd always, and we'd started it little bits here and there. I know lots of mums that are um, potty training kids this week mm, because yeah. whenever, you know, what other time do you yeah. get a block? <laughs> going? Absolutely. You know, lots of potty training but with your children as long as you know you're if you're happy and if you're trying to just give them the best and trying to keep the stress as minimal as possible and trying to keep things ticking over at home that's all they need you know they yeah. just need to feel secure in that you don't have to overindulge and you know become Mary Poppins just just be yourself just take it easy on them take it easy on yourself more than anything else you know you're doing a great job yeah and I think it's yeah communicating with them that it is new for you as well and we you know we're all experimenting we're all just trying to see how it goes I think and I I like the idea of how you sort of set the expectations at the beginning and if people haven't done that now well you know now's a good time to to try that out and it, and I think it's important to frame things you know as positively as we can and I know um some people I've spoken to they've said this is you know they've explained to the children like this is the most exciting time mm-hmm. uh, you know in, in in the history of humanity where um you know they get to live through this exciting time and in the future they'll be able to tell their grandchildren about it and just uh i mean my sister was with the kids all dressed up as superheroes this morning <laughs> and uh, and you know why not just have that okay now's the time we need to be brave we need to be our own superheroes as well and uh just framing the things as positively as you can I think it's really important one of the things that I think would be really beneficial would be to um start a diary or a scrapbook Mm, scrapbook yeah where you just document this time and document your lives and what's going on and if everybody contributes that to that a little bit and keep it because whoever thought the things that would happen in world wars that years afterwards we'd we'd cherish those and they would teach us so much about the past it's the same for this, you know, I'm hoping this never happens again, but to be able to look back at this in 20, 30 years and go, oh, do you remember when, we, you know, we were all quarantined for that and let's look back. And I think making memories and making history yes. is really important and, you know, take that opportunity now. Yeah, I, I think it's, uh, that's really important just to 
say that it is an opportunity and just try and focus on what this can bring like you said there's new opportunities okay we you know haven't gone to school but they have done other things so for as many of the as the stresses of what's not going right actually there's so many good things and and Mm. you say you look back and think gosh this is like a real opportunity to spend that quality time with them okay it's not perfect all the time and you know it's stressful a lot of the time but you do have those moments that that they will remember as well those just positive bonding moments and in quality time I think it, it um I saw something the other day and it was about don't you know try and reframe if you think they're attention seeking that they might be connection seeking and I think it's just important to acknowledge that there is so much kind of global anxiety going on and that obviously filters down to to parents and family members and it's about sort of the, the children might pick up on that so I don't know do you have anything sort of to comment on that that it's it's okay if they are feeling unsettled as well and they will I think it's, it's going to be very different for everybody and difficult um but lots of ways you know around it there are Playmobil who make the, the Lego bits they uh, release their own video um for children so children can kind of see and it explains a little bit more about that so there are lots of child-centered approaches to sort of explaining so you can always look for something like yeah. that online um, the other thing is just role play with little dolls or teddies or, you know, with things like that. And if your child is, if, I know with my older daughter, if I say to her, is something bothering you? And she'd be like, no, because she doesn't have that emotional no, connection yeah. to be able to explain. So, but often when we role play with dolls and I can say, oh, you know, such and such, but she's feeling a bit down, but she doesn't know why. Do you know why she might be? And I think when you put that ownership right. onto something else, yeah. so lots of sort of little play games and you're, you're probably bonding connect in ways through play that you might not otherwise so having that um but having an open door policy of you know you can tell me that that makes sense um and you know being a little bit more open to sharing your worries but also it's a difficult one you want to sort of share you know your emotions with them but you don't want to burden them as well you don't want to say well I'm worried about paying the bills and we yeah. haven't got money coming in or this is happening and that so be very selective about what you share with them um, but ultimately give them that hope that it will get better and it will stop um, and this is just temporary um, so you know and, and use the the amazing community that is out there there's, there's lots of uh, resources being made daily to help mm. children with and dealing with their anxieties and their worries and lots of yoga videos and lots of group <laughs> things where, you know, Joe Wicks is, is, is a hero at the moment. He's going to get over you, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Doing those sort of things as well. It's fantastic to keep them motivated and give them something to focus on. Great. Okay. Well, I just it's probably a good place to sort of wrap it up. Um, I, the only thing I'm just thinking in my head is I'm conscious we're both teachers. We're both used to, oh, well, we'll just do this and we'll just uh, create this out of nothing, right, out of thin air. <laughs> and for, I'm sure you've spoken to your friends who are not teachers. Um, any sort of final words, you know, to them, sort of, sort of reassurance and, yeah, any pearls of wisdom, sort of thinking of it as not as a teacher, as a mum? As a mum, you know, just use this time to be around them and to do all the things that you wish you had done and you wish you'd been able to show them and do with them 
that you haven't. Nobody ever takes the time to say, I'm going to teach my children financial planning. I'm going to teach my children whether to spend or save and to have that conversation with them. Now's the time. Use this time to do all the things that you wish. You might, there might be things that you think, oh, I wish I'd been taught to do that when I was little. Or There's so many life skills that you'll be able to teach them. I realise that very simple things like, I've never taught my children how to tidy up. I just say, go and tidy your room. I've never taught them how to. I've never shown them, this is how you put your clothes away. This is how you pair up your socks. This is how you do that. And you do that because use this time to do all those little things that are life skills and, you know, equip them for a future where you are going to make a difference to that. You might not be able to teach them geometry and, you know, the place value of a three-digit number. (laughs) But you can show, you know, you will be able to teach them so much about this is how we do these things or would you like to cook with me or let me show you, you know, how to organise this or how do you like to do that and, you know, and let them be involved in your life a little bit more because this is, if anything, has taught us how to sort of slow life down and to go back to the basics and to go to the fundamentals of what is life. So now's your time to sort of value and cherish that time with them and sort of say right let's think of all the things I've ever wanted to do and to do with them that I never got to do when they were little if I had to go back to work early and you know, they went off to nursery and I never got that time with them it's it's not too late you can mm-hmm. do it now you can do all of those things and um you know, just make the most of building memories together and um and I think the other thing is don't be hard on yourself like yeah you're going to be with your children and with your family 24 <laughs> 7 if you've got a child who has sleeping issues they're going to be up in the night or they're going to be up late you, you'll need your respite from them um you know arrange with your partner you say right well, i'm going to have a day off and this is my day off but i get to do exactly what i want i'm going to go out for a, when a, for a walk or go out for a run or go out and do things i want to do I'm going to stay, and if I need to stay in bed all day with a book and Netflix, that's what I'm going to do, and do vice versa. So be kind to yourself, give yourself that time because it's not easy. You know, stay at home mums who have children who are young will tell you like they are busy constantly because they're surrounded by their children constantly. So, you know, at work, when you go out to work, it's somewhat, it's not easier, but I think you meet people and you speak to people and you feel like you get time away from home and from your children. You need to arrange that here now as well, whether that's laughing with your co-workers on a video call or, you know, just checking in with people that you used to speak to on a daily basis, pick up the phone and speak to them. Um, I, I normally WhatsApp everybody or, you know, the most you'll get is a voice note, but I do pick up the phone now to friends that I would either go out for dinner with or WhatsApp. And now I'm like, well, actually, no, I'm not going to be able to see her. I'll give her a call. And, and it's an instant pick me up. So give yourself time, give yourself what you need as well. Um, and the things that I think the things that bother you and stress you in your home think about how can I make that better what can I do if it's chores or if it's people or you know whatever now's the time to be able to sit down and to think about it and to plan it out and you know to make that work yeah and also is it important you know if something little things like I think just think is this important is it going to matter if it's not just let it go let it go yeah great well um thank you so much for your time today and uh blocking this time out from the family as well <laughs> they're watching a movie watching i haven't seen movie. any kids yeah. crawling on the floor in the background <laughs> no i think um it's it's 
a really interesting time and you've got to make the most of it and make it work for for your family and you know relaxing things that you'd be strict on or letting them um, be involved in your life a little bit more as well show them what work is for you and what you know what you do for work and um you know, just make it work really just survive you don't have to be you know wonder woman and wonder man yes Definitely, definitely. Well, good luck to all the parents out there and um, <laughs> um, we wish you all the best. And hopefully this will all be, uh, you know, over soon. But like you say, make the most of it, whatever, however long it is. Just do the best you can. Go easy on yourself and um, we will speak to you soon. So thanks, Shireen. Take care. Thanks very much for having me on. Okay.